Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yes, lads, UFC fighter Jack Sawyer. You can catch me on the latest episode of Ace Podcast Nation. Make sure to give him a subscribe on YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash Ace Podcast Nation. And uh, looking forward to get back on there soon. Hey guys, I'm Sai, and welcome to the Danny Batten Fight Show. This is episode number 43. This is Ace Podcast Nation on the channel. You can get shows and interviews, exclusive interviews, uh, different series on all sorts of subjects. Video versions are available at youtube.com slash acepodcastnation and the audio versions at every single podcast and radio platform you could think of. And normally I sound a lot better than this, but I'm feeling a bit rough. But uh, my voice is coming back slowly, so we'll get on. But uh, luckily I've got uh, two people joining me to talk the world of MMA. First of all, I have ex-Cage Warriors champion, UK MMA legend, Mr. Danny Batten. Welcome, my friend. Hey, how are you, Sam? How are you doing? All right, guys. All and good. of course, we have Cage Warriors flyweight, Mr. Sam Creasy. All right, buddy? How are we doing? Not bad. First time on the show for Sam. It's a new face, new fighter. How goes it, my friend? Yeah, very well, very well. I'm uh, just recovering from the fight and that. Getting a bit of fat again. <laughs> eating, eating for the last week, is it? Pretty much so. Good stuff. Pretty much. But uh, how do you think it went, anyway? Uh, pretty poor <laughs> on my behalf, but uh, mm. performance-wise, but you know, I I got a victory and um, got back in the cage. Haven't been out for over a year, so that was two positives to take from it. But the performance, uh, lots of negatives and lots to build on from there. The thing is, mate, it's a year is a long time, and 
and then when you couple in lockdown and all the difficulties with preparing for for this you know for the any event at the moment is it's it's not the norm is it where you can go around various gyms and train with different teams if you want to it's very limited in what your preparation can be coupled with a year out mate i think you know at the end of the day probably the the main thing was get a victory yeah yeah 100 percent um i'm grateful just just to be back in the cage at the moment to be honest like everybody i see wants to get on to a show at the moment and i'm lucky to have got a spot on there let alone got a victory as well so you know there are good things as well but i'm always going to look back and see lots to improve on yeah. danny what did you think of sam's uh comeback fight yeah i thought initially it was okay i know what he means about the bits that you know didn't go so smoothly but he recovered from any of the errors that he he made through his experience so mm. yeah when the, when those mistakes come in um the experience he was able to reverse those issues um, and get back on winning ways throughout each of those rounds. Um, I thought overall it was a pretty impressive performance under the circumstance with the COVID and under the situation that he was in personally that you know it had been over a year that he had stepped in the cage. So um, I think another fight and Sam could be looking, trying to get another title shot at some point. That's what I'd like to see from him anyway. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, any plans, Sam, going forward to where to where you might fight again before the year's out, or do you think it's more likely and next year now? I mean, I'm I'm good. I want I want to fight again before the end of the year if I can. Um, if Cage Warriors will have me, that that'd be ideal. Um, I'd like to get back into the cage and kind of just build on on that performance. You know, that was that was getting back in there. Now it's actually building a performance off of the back of that and showing what I'm capable of, as opposed to having a fight. Yeah, yeah. Course, I know there's a Cage Warriors event in November, um, but I don't know if they've, I don't know if they've, have they announced that one, Dan, or is it just a rumor at the moment? Uh, yeah, I don't think anything's been confirmed just as yet. I, I think sure. uh, Graham confirmed it on on Instagram yeah, or something. Say, the other oh, day. did it? So, oh, right. those lines. I'm not, I'm not big on Instagram or anything. Mm. No shit, mate. I'm trying, <laughs> trying to get you to do it for actually 43 shows, um, but. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, 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 someone told me that it was in November, but then I'm sure I saw it on, I'm sure I saw it on the Cage Warriors website as well. But uh, yeah, so yeah, that'd that be nice to get involved in. Yeah, if well, I can. absolutely. <laughs> Just loads that's the thing, and because the situation with COVID and with the lockdown and everything, and everything not being as frequent as mm. what it would be, any fighter who's fit and healthy wants to fight at the moment, don't they? So it's, I think it's a lot more congested in terms of getting on these cards. Um, and you'd imagine that some of the fighters who weren't on these Cage Warriors trilogy just gone are going to be looking to be on the next one. But I think it's um, it's another trilogy event as well. So I think it is three days. So mm. at least you can get you know a number of fighters on there then, can't you, Dan? It was uh, yeah. like a three-day event. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting stuff. But um, we had a lot of uh, British fighters and Irish fighters fighting this week on uh, Bellator. So, first of all, on, what was it, Thursday, we had uh, Bellator 246, was it? Or 247? I always get confused. Uh, but friends of the show, uh, Lewis Long fought on that. Uh, his first fight in a while. And... Um, I thought he was yeah, good. pretty impressive, to be honest. Yeah, he's, he's looking 
good on the ground. He just made a little error with his base and balance regards losing that mount position. But it was from there he created the elevation for a lovely knee bar setup, and it, it, it was back. pretty sweet. Oh, did it? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It mm. looked like, I mean, Lewis Long is a strong-looking individual, and He's having the whole me. of his having the whole of his body mechanics and that black belt technique behind the knee bar. You know, if you don't tap out quick enough, I'm not surprised it's going to break your leg. Yeah. yeah, and the other thing as well is he's in a similar situation to Modestas in that whilst in lockdown and stuff, he has got his own, he's got his gym, mm. the, the Matt Academy, which he can, he's been able to train all the way through. Mm. So he's going to, especially his, you know, his wrestling and his strength and conditioning was all sharp. And uh, yes, it was a very impressive, nice finish. But, yeah, he's racking up the subs, isn't he? He's, he's sub fair portion of his opponents under belt, right. isn't it? Which, Two when one. you think he's quite big for the weight, mm. like he's quite a big lad, so mm. people automatically announce, sort of uh, assume that he's going to be more strike related in terms of his finishing. But when mm. you look at his record, he's got, like you say, quite a lot of. Um, yeah, but he, he can bang as well. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. you know, he, mm. he just gets the job put away quite quickly on the ground, but. He's absolutely capable of putting fights away on the feet as well. Yeah, I think he's been a bit unlucky in Bellator's in many ways. Like, his record's a bit up and down. But mm. um, I think he's perfectly capable of getting a little bit of a streak going and getting yeah. towards the top end. He's experienced as well. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he went, uh, where he goes next. Obviously, the, um, the main event for that Thursday card was supposed to be... Uh, Paul Daly, but uh, Paul Daly fell ill in his weight cut, um, and then suffered extreme cramps because I think mm. he he didn't make I think he didn't make weight by about um, yeah. it wasn't too much. I can't remember what I one point six I think it was one point six. Yeah, yeah. yeah I knew I it, was it wasn't a that. massive amount, but when mm. he then went off to try and lose that or as much of it as he could, uh, he fell ill with like extreme cramps and they ended up going to hospital. So that fight was off. Um, so then you had uh, Denise Kaihortz, Kai Holtz, uh versus Kate Jackson. Um, Kate Jackson, the English lady, um, and she's got she's got a really good record. Yeah, um, she got a lot of finishes, but um, she got smoked. Yeah, she, every shot mm. that was thrown landed on a noggin, didn't it? it yeah, did you think it, a... didn't it look like every shot rocked her? Yeah, yeah. Well, her head was dead centre and she was upright. She mm. come in quite tall. I think a little bit complacent, to be fair. She come in so essential with her head. She was very upright. Uh, her guard was kind of a little, little loose. And, um, yeah, <laughs> three or four punches each combination. Every one of them was connected. Funny enough, I was going to ask both of you if she looked complacent to you because I thought... When she like bear in mind that Denise um Carl Hortz is a kickboxing champion. Um mm. she's a very tall lady, she's a very strong lady. And I felt like Kate Jackson just went in there and she just looked a bit lax and a bit like, you know, mm. I'm I'm gonna take this and I you know Almost like she just hadn't woken up yet. Yeah, yeah that been. can happen. And I think she got caught round. early, didn't she? Um yeah. Sam. She got caught early and then she got caught again. And it was it was over before it started, unfortunately. And I feel you know I was you're playing was catch up. For, yeah, you're playing mm. catch up a lot of the time. I think if you get caught by one and you can get out of there and regain your senses, you can get sharp again. But mm. if you get caught by one, you don't have time to recover. You've got caught by another. 
you're mm. still trying to regain your senses and that get sharp again. You're, it's, mm. it's playing catch up the whole time. Yes, yeah, it's, it's hard to regain your rhythm, isn't it? It's, mm. it's a mm. difficult affair when you've been been rocked. Yeah. yeah, I felt um, I felt sorry for her as well because obviously, like she was main eventing um, Bellator, and you don't see too many Bellator events with female main events. Mm. So, like, it was kind of like a, a big opportunity for her. Um, didn't go to plan. Um, we also had what else have we had? What other guys? I'm just looking at my list. Chris Duncan, mm. very impressive again. Mm. Um, I know you've watched that one, Sam, haven't you? The Chris Duncan. Yeah, that guy's a monster. Oh yeah, <laughs> but um, he's uh, he's un- unbeaten. He he's never lost. I'm sure he hasn't. But uh, yeah, he looked very very impressive. He's not an ounce of fat on him. Do you seen that one, no. Dan? No, I don't think I see that one. There was another Duncan, wasn't there? Or am I getting muddled up here? There no, there was, on? there was another Duncan who fought on. Cage Warriors, I think, oh, the right. four of us. I know that name's coming, because it's not a really I'm, super common I'm name. Pretty, but... I'm pretty sure it's the same name as well. Mm-hmm. Two Chris Duncans. Yeah, but... it might have been right before Jordan's fight. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. <laughs> getting confused. Playing with my, my mind a little bit, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Chris Duncan faced uh, Imic Furtado and uh, won via TKO three minutes, uh, three minutes of the bet, just under four minutes of the second mm-hmm. round. But, um, yeah, he looks a monster, and um, mm. he's eight eight and zero now, I think, or seven and zero. Um, be interesting to see where he goes next because every fight he's been in, he's looked exceptionally impressive. He's it's getting be better nice. every time you see him. Go on, Dan. Sorry, is he the guy with the tattoos right down the middle of his back? Is that the guy? Uh, yeah, he's got a massive tattoo on his chest. Just trying to think about what's on his back. It's like blonde, really short hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I know, I know, I know which one. Yeah. I, 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 see, I did see this one. Is that mm. uh, up against uh, Black Lad? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember now. I hope my memories. I've been rough, so I, it's all kind of blended. <laughs> yeah, it blended into one. Possibly, I I, I, may well have yeah, seen. Yeah, you know, yeah, he did. Fight, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a Fatado. Yeah. Yeah, Fatado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good striker. He's a kickboxer, isn't he, Fatado? And um, yeah, he likes to strike. He's more of a rangy striker, but um, not sure I'd go be go one into yeah, striker Duncan. Chris Duncan, though, mate. Yeah, <laughs> Chris, but Chris Duncan can kind of do it everywhere. Mm. But he, he chose to keep it on the feet. He must have sensed that he can get in on him, and uh, and he did. But like Bellator, like I know it's a bit difficult with the travel arrangements and stuff now at the moment. But it'd be nice to see some of these lads get a, you know, like a proper place on the big Bellator cards. Mm. Like um, Lewis Long, Chris Duncan, even Brian Moore yeah. as well um, was impressive. He won in the second round as well. And it's like, I don't know, I, sometimes I feel, like, I said this to you before, Dan, <clears throat> I sometimes feel like that Bellator very much focuses on the kind of ex-UFC guys and the, and the, mm. the guys coming to the end of their career. And yeah. instead of focusing maybe on some of the newer lads they got coming through. Right. Um, because they've got some talent, you know. They've real, real, especially in, on the British European side. They got some real talent in their, in their ranks. So it'd be nice to see them give them a big opportunity on one of these big cards. Sure. But, um, obviously, it's difficult at the moment. Um, speaking of Bellator, uh, Brett Johns, fellow Welshman of mine, left the UFC as his contract had run out. Uh, he was negotiating with the UFC, 
Um, he was not happy with the offer that they had given him, uh, so he went elsewhere. His contract was up. Bellator offered him a multi-year deal on a better terms, so he went there. Um, Danny, were you surprised by that when I told you? Because I know you didn't know. Yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised because you know he's just got two wins in a row um, and, and good performances at that. So a little bit surprised, but uh, yeah, I know UFC or, or Dana White in particular. Sometimes it takes a liking to people, he liking to their style, liking to the the way they build up their fights, and um, he seems to see them good. But for whatever reason, if you don't see to eye to eye, don't like your style, it can go against you a little bit. You know, um, that may have been. Who knows? I, I don't know. You know, we're just surmising here. But mm. Bellator, it's not a bad swap and trade. Bellator, you know. They're still right up there as one of the main events in the world that people watch. So I wish him the best on that journey. I'll still be watching his career quite closely. Um, mm. It'd be, be good to see him achieve good things there and maybe come back to UFC at a later date once he's proved himself there, which I think is a real possibility. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the other thing is, like we've talked about Dan before, but uh, I'd be interested to hear your point of view on this. Sam, is obviously like Brett's, record in the UFC is very very good like the only two people he's lost to are in the top five now um, he's obviously on a win streak uh, he made since he came back from his injury he's been really impressive in those two fights mm -hmm. so obviously he didn't you know he wasn't for whatever reason wasn't happy with their deal uh, the, or the new deal which they'd offered him so he went and got a better deal somewhere else at the end of the day fighting's a short career um, in there, Sam. So, like, you've got to do what's best for you individually and your family, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad move career-wise, to be honest. I, I think if he goes to Bellator, he's making be better money probably right now. He's going to win one fight and he's straight into the title mix. Fights out his contract there. Reigns over the division then. The UFC want to sign him back and he's, um, you know, he's, he's got all the cards again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, like, the bantamweight division in Bellator is actually one of their better divisions. Because mm. um, I know they sometimes get slated, as I just mentioned, for maybe focusing on the kind of legends instead of maybe the current uh, current guys. A fight which straight away I look at, which I wouldn't mind seeing, especially on one of these Bellator Europe cards, if they wanted like a big main event to bring in the kind of British and Irish crowd would be him mm. versus James Gallagher. Mm. Um, that stands out as like a fight, which I'd like to yeah. see. Yeah, that'd um, be a good fight. And then you've got, you know, you've got guys like Almeida. Um, <clears throat> what's that guy whose nickname is the Black Mamba? Oh, Coldwell? Franz, something, he's in the belt. Oh, Lamba. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, mm. he's um, he's uh, he'd be quite a good fight as well. Then you've got yeah. like British guys like Nathan Grayson, um, Cal Elnenor, um, yeah. and then like I said, James Gallagher. And then you've got some of the guys up front. I gotta say, I look at that top five, and honestly, like rank number six is Ricky Banderas, and rank mm. number seven is James Gallagher. Like I rate both of those guys, but then above that is Joe Warren. Mm -hmm. uh, Sean Bunch, Juan Archuleta, uh, yeah. Eduardo Dantes, and then number one is Darian Cal Caldwell. Like, yeah. I feel like that top five is... 
Like, it's not like, um, how do I say it? Like, it's not full of unbeatable guys. No. Whereas, like, you look at that UFC bantamweight division, and we talked about this before, and we, like, the, the the bantamweight division in the UFC is absolutely insane. Like, there's mm. guys ranked, like, like, 30th and stuff who, you know, on their day are very, very good fighters. Mm. Um, so from well, I that think Brett goes in there, he can beat any of those guys on paper. Yeah, and I, mm. I, I think I, you know, I look at that and I think, yeah, 100% he could beat a lot of those guys. You know, obviously his fight, anything could happen, but mm. ultimately... So, yeah, it's interesting. Another guy who went was Khabib's brother who had gone to Bellator as well. Mm-hmm. That was um, a big surprise for me. I was really um, shocked to hear that. Yeah, I was too, because simply because you'd think, you know, Khabib's made a lot of money in the UFC just from that name alone. If he would, you know, if his brother gets a few few wins, they're going to promote him, aren't they? Mm. So it's um, just on his name value alone. You know, he only needed to get like a few wins under his belt, and he would have um, would have probably got a, you know a little push to see what he was uh, capable of. But like mm. even that bantamweight division, going back to that in the UFC, even to rank, ranked fifteen, you've got like Marlon Vera, and thirteenth um, is uh, Murab. I'm not going to butcher his surname, and you've got like Dominic Cruz, ranked number ten. And then outside that top 15, you've got guys like Jack Shaw and, and all these other guys mm. who are very, mm. very good fighters. Yeah, just just think about that. Dominic Cruz, just ranked number 10. Yeah, Do you remember when he crazy. looked untouchable? To think that he's like... I mean, just that goes to show what kind of talent they are. Okay, he might not yeah. be his peak anymore. But it gives you an idea of the kind of calibre that's in that division right now. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and at the end of the day, like, if, the, if Brett wasn't happy with the the offer which came in for whatever reason it was you know whatever the reason was he wasn't happy with it I think he's got enough um, you know he should, he should if he felt like I'm surmising and I'm guessing but if he felt disrespected in any way which he's entitled to do for whatever reason like his record in the UFC is very good um, and I can't fault him for going to look elsewhere yeah. mm-hmm. you know it's a short well, career and yeah, yeah well, I imagine. I imagine he knew his contract was coming up, and I imagine he put the feelers out, and then um, he's probably looked at both the offerings on the table, and Bellator completely, obviously, outmatched the UFC financially wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's got to be a monetary move, and uh, it, what is he? Is he thirty one now? Uh, right, how old is yeah, he? I think I think he's late twenties. Um, is he? I thought he might have been in his thirties by now. I don't know. He might but be. He, I... In that weight division, anyway, you kind of got got. got Getting a move on them. 28. 28. Oh, okay. He's a little younger than I thought. But, you know, mm. he wants to get, get going sort of thing and make it happen for himself now. Yeah. Yeah. And he hasn't he hasn't tasted gold since he was in Cage Warriors. And I think that was notable from his statement was that he said straight away, I'm coming, f- you know, for the Bellator gold. Mm. Um, so it'd be interesting. Um, I was just trying to see what, um, I was trying to find the UFC rankings outside the top 15. Because they used to used to be able to find them, to you know, to have a look at the ones outside the top fifteen. But I can't find an official one. I could find like um, the kind of unofficial ones, which I've got. Like, so just in these, these are unofficial rankings outside the top fifteen in the bantamweight division. You've got guys like um, Yardo Song, 
Uriah Faber, Brett Johns, John Dodson, although Dodson retired, didn't he? The yeah, he's other week. finished. Um, who else is there? Sergio Pettis, Ricky Simons, Montel Jackson, mm. Dominic, oh, Dominic Cruz has uh, gone up, Nathaniel Wood, Sean O'Malley. You know, these are mm. big names, very capable names. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see... Uh, you know how he gets on in Bellator. Really, I gotta say, I, uh, I was I was surprised, but ultimately I'll be interested to see how he does, and I'll obviously be supporting him. Um, <clears throat> so on Saturday's Bellator, um, there was a couple of fights I was really looking looking out for. Uh, on the prelims, there was a Welsh guy uh, called Curtis Dodge, who made his Bellator debut. Um, He's uh, like a wrestling champion, I think it is. Uh, mm. Very highly rated, but obviously he's coming in to Bellator, which is, it's, I think it was one of his, it's certainly his first professional MMA fight. Yeah, I think um, it was last minute and up a, up a few weight classes as well. Yeah, he looked small as well, didn't he? Mm. He, um, he really did. Um, but I did see that he said in his MMA career, he's looking to fight featherweight. But mm. this was this was a welterweight, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, which is <laughs> wow. insane. Yeah, and he looked, he did look small. But one thing which did sort of stand out for me was that he, um, like, he, his wrestling was really, really good. Mm. But he was because because of the size difference and the weight difference, he wasn't able to throw. He was able to get the positions, but he wasn't quite able to finish some of them. So I think. When he's in a featherweight division, you might see a different fighter. Did you see this one, Dan? No, no. I missed out on a lot of the Saturday yeah, card. I just yeah, couldn't yeah. get through them all. Lazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, you, have you, did you see this one, Sam? Yeah, yeah, I caught it. I, I, I checked him out a little bit before before the fight as well. I saw that he, he was making his debut in that and he, he was going up to up to welterweight to fight. Insane, you know. <laughs> That, that's uh, it's one way to do it certainly, and uh, if if he'd have pulled it off the victory and that, you take your hat off to him. But you know, it's an early mistake. I'm sure he'll come back and you know dominate a featherweight really with his wrestling background. I know he's over at SBG training pretty much full time now, as far as I can see. Yeah, SBG had a few fighters scattered mm. across that Bellator, those two Bellator cards, um, which was quite interesting. They had uh, the. Sinead Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh fought in the kind of one of the main prelim fights. Um, did you have you seen that one, Sam? The Sinead Kavanaugh. Fight? Uh, no, I missed the Kavanaugh one. So she fought. She went. It went to a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought she did re- like she was quite impressive. She did pretty well. Um, mm. Certainly, imp- you could see the the. Um, the effects or whatever of the SPG training, like you could mm-hmm. see that she was very capable and uh, very good in her jujitsu and her grappling. So I, uh, she'll be one definitely to to keep a little eye on for sure. Um, she won by unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had the main event of uh, James Gallagher beats uh, Cal Eleanor via submission rear naked choke. Danny, you caught this one, didn't you? The, yeah, yeah, Gallagher I watched fight. that one. What do you make of yeah. Gallagher's performance? Yeah, I mean, utterly dominant. So played, tittered around a little bit on the feet. 
but you know Gallagher was going to want to shoot in and, and test this guy's ground skills but it just looked like two two people with totally different belt levels um, it didn't take him long to, to work his way to his back and from that back position he pretty much stayed glued there using that body triangle body triangles it's great for some uh, control but it can be a little tricky to get the finish from there mm-hmm. um, it, it can just sit you a little bit wrong in position into really wrench that choke on because um, the, when you've got your hooks in you can bridge into them and bend them back and uh, and that really adds to the effect of that rear naked choke but um, he kept trying to set up with that body triangle which is why I think it took a few attempts to work his way in but he, he got it in the end it was, it was just so dominant so dominant mm. making a bit of a name for himself in Bellator he? like he's got another name for himself but like uh, yeah. he's on a bit of a streak so I think he'll get a title shot soon I do um, yeah where did I say he was ranked 6th or something but mm. he just looks too good every time he fights lately mm. he's just looked too good for his opponents and um, they're the kind of guys who usually get the title shots at the end of the day and they're the ones which look too good for their opponents yeah what is to top five. He's, he's going to get tested when he goes up against a proper wrestler um, mm. that can bang a little bit that, that's where mm. we're going to see what he's got um, mm. when, when he ain't getting his own way uh, we keep seeing in his wins where he's outclassing these guys but he's outclassing guys you know not to criticise him because he's a young young lad and um, and they're doing the right thing in growing him and giving him chance to mature but you know we're seeing him not tested and the only time he has been tested he was you know he lost so mm. yeah let's see what he's like you know against a steeper opponent yeah and we'll see what's what with him it's interesting well they win Bellator because especially with with those travel restrictions obviously because of COVID <clears throat> there's almost two different divisions for each weight isn't there? there's almost like a European division and a US division which is mm. not obviously not crossing over at the moment so it'll be interesting what Bellator does as a company when they can get an event together where they can cross over some of these fighters because I just feel like you know they should keep doing these European shows and do the US shows because they want to keep putting events on but at some point, you're going to have to cross over some of these fighters, especially the ones who are winning. You kind of have to do it. to. You have to cross them over to fight each other to go to the title shot, if you get what I mean. Like, yeah. you can't I, keep I, them I separate forever, can you? Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea, uh, a bad business move doing it like that, to be honest, because mm-hmm. you're, you're going to create a backstory of progress with numerous fighters in each weight division. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, you're going to start getting rumours and talks of how these guys have got to match up at some point. Um, and then when that does happen, it's going to be a lot of eyes watching it. And a lot of eyes means a lot of money. So yeah. I don't think it's a bad That's idea doing want. it like that. Yeah. Yeah, and in some ways, it's a good way to like um, to build up some of these European guys, which might not get the recognition that they may get now because there's more eyes on them because there's less shows on at the moment for people to watch, mm. ultimately. Um, Charlie Ward uh, defeated Andy uh, Manzolo via unanimous decision. I thought this was a pretty good fight. Um, he did quite well. I thought he won pretty comfortably. Um, did you catch that one, Sam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I caught How, that what one. What do you down. think of Charlie Ward's performance? Um, he's solid at exactly what he does. He's in your face the whole time, swinging bombs and that, and he's he's got a fairly simple ground game, but effective. He looked mm. in trouble in the first, but uh, Manzolo couldn't get the finish or 
couldn't stay comfortably in the mount or on the back mount. Um, and that was pretty much the story of the fight once Charlie had got him back where he wanted him. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. I thought he did quite well. I thought, was, mm. um, <clears throat> thought he was pretty good. Um, did you, you didn't catch that one, did you, Charlie Ward? No. Um, did you catch the Ch- Charlie Leary versus Kiefer Crosby one, uh, Sam? Yes. Danny, you missed the you... treat with that one, mate. Oh, really? Okay. I'll watch that. Right. Uh, yeah, I've, no, I didn't see this one. Oh, so yeah. what happened with the finish? <laughs> uh, great fight. Great first round. Knockdowns both sides. Kiefer looked on top initially. Um, dropped Charlie with... I can't remember what he dropped him with. Um, but then Charlie come back all over him towards the end of the round. Almost looked like the referee was about to step in. Uh, round finished, got him up on the stool, ready for the second round of that. Last minute, referee takes another look at Kiefer and says, I need the doctor to come and check the cut again. Checks the cut, waves off the fight. So, you know, They didn't want it to end cut? that way. Mm, I couldn't tell, to be honest. You know, It's not my place, but <laughs> if he was going to stop it, I think it should have been at the end of the first round as yeah. opposed to, okay, the, we're about to start the second round everybody out I want the doctor back in give him another minute we're going to have a look at this and now it's called off so. just an odd yeah. way to, to end just things just a bit of an odd one yeah mm. but um, a great fight great fight yeah I'm going to I'm gonna look out I'm going to have a look yeah. for that one it's only um, five minutes it's fun <laughs> fun five minutes so, yeah. there they go they're the ones yeah. um, <laughs> so we watched uh, then UFC last night um mm. So if we start with uh, the Carlos Condit fight versus, um, oh, bear with me, my voice is all over the place now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Court McGee. Uh, I thought this was a fun little fight. Um, I thought Carlos Condit. I thought it was the best I've seen him for a while. Uh, Danny, what did you make of that, this one? Yeah, um, I found it interesting that he come with a, a different strategy in place. He was fighting from both stances. Um, mm. And quite considerably in his southpaw stance, mm. um, I don't know whether that was ended up being a benefit to him or not. Um, I, I couldn't really come up with a conclusive decision on that, but you know maybe it did, you know, throw some differences in in feel of the way the attacks come to Court McKee, because uh, as we know at the end of that first round he got caught hard. Court McKee got his nose really badly broken, um, and maybe it's because of that switching stances. You know, it does ch- change things up a little bit. Mm. It can make you feel a little bit more conscious about being in there when someone's switching on you. You know, sometimes you get your rhythm when someone's like their typical stance and it just stays the same. You, you get your rhythm to that. But when someone does switch stance and they can be effective there, it, mm-hmm. it makes you conscious of being there. It makes you think and, and pause. And I think maybe that's what happened to Court McKee. Court McKee was, for my money, slightly edging that round. I think he was being slightly more effective. And I've always liked Court McKee's game. He seems to steadily outwork you you know he never busts a nut you don't get too excited but mm. he just seems to chip away and get ahead and it's hard to come back at him you, you let the round slip away with him but uh yeah Carlos Condit pulled it right back that first round with that knockdown um, and a knockdown that's yeah, pretty much like having a point deducted for a, a fence grab or you know uh, and and one too many knees to the groin mm. to me that it lost literally lost in the round with that mm. that punch because Although I think he was slightly ahead on that scorecard in that first round, getting knocked down, 
yeah, that's yeah. that's that's going against you when it's close. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know, Carlos, he started to really get his groove. He, he started to look like how we've known him in the past. So he gets fluidity with his strikes, and um, Court McGee just couldn't stay in the pocket. I think because of that nose, you know, it's obviously hurting him. Must be having some kind of conscious effect on your your breathing. And um, yeah, it just looked like he just was not as as a brave as we know that he can be in that pocket, yeah. and so he got pushed back. And Condit's quite rangy. Um, yeah, it played into his hands a lot, didn't it? The fact that he wasn't coming into that sort of pocket and looking to yeah. do a box with him. And the other yeah. thing I thought, the one thing I did think with Carlos Condit after he dropped him at the end of the first round, don't know if you guys would agree with this, but I felt like he was loading up for that right hand a lot, whereas the shot which caught, caught him. It wasn't like a like he put everything into it. It was just a short right which caught him in the right mm. spot. But then I mm. felt like later after that, he was almost, especially in that um, switch stance, he was looking for that big right hand a lot. And I felt like because he, he was going for the power rather than maybe the precision with it, mm. he wasn't quite timing it right. What do you reckon about that, Sam? Yeah, yeah. I think I think. Kind of reminds me a lot. My last fight, <laughs> you, you end up chasing something that's not really there. You know, you 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 feel like okay, I caught him so well, I want to go back to that punch, but there's no setup. And there's no setup yeah, yeah. again and again. You end up you're throwing something that is just not natural anymore. And the way you're catching him is almost instinct. Mm. You know, I, th- I think that's you can focus too much on one thing, and you, yeah. you're not in the moment anymore. You know, yeah, you're thinking like that. That's the punch I've got to land. Yeah, and he did. He was looking for so much. He wasn't timing it at all. Yeah, like yeah. whenever he would throw it, it would be like everything into it, but it mm. was just off. Whereas some of his other shots were quite fluid, like you mentioned, Dan. You know, because mm. he wasn't it's not loading forced. them up. He was just that was just his natural. It was his natural game plan. Um, did you notice that, Dan, or is that just? Yeah, I, I I felt like he once he knocked him down, he felt like he could perhaps find that shot again, but yeah. it wasn't there yeah. for him. Yeah. Um, I, you, know, you know, I've constantly say this. I just don't believe in luck, but there mm. are percentages, and um, you know, when punches and kicks are being thrown in abundance, sometimes they're going to get through and catch you, even if you're the better striker. You know, and mm-hmm. college conduct landed that punch in the first round. It did some damage, and it definitely affected the rhythm and the confidence of Court McGee regards standing in that pocket. Carlos Condit got a sense of that, that he weren't in the pocket, and probably given the confidence to throw hard every now and then to try to put Court McGee back on his arse again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still you know, don't think he took anything away from Carlos Condit's overall mm-hmm. performance. I still think he kept a margin of his game quite fluid. But yeah, you're right. I think he was throwing the odd shot really hard to try to create that same scenario as that first round to try and put it away. I think he wanted a stoppage win, mm, um, yeah. especially mm. as he knew he was already knocked him down. And I think mm. Sam was absolutely correct. I think once you've got some kind of success in that way, you can't help but go back to it. Mm. And um, and sometimes when they land in that pocket, like uh, where the percentages and, and just one gets through, it wasn't done with a setup. Sometimes mm. it's just, it just lands. And then yeah. you kind of, you try to make it happen again where you don't set it up and, you know, it, it's only few and far between that land that way. You, you've still got to go back to playing the game. You've still got to disguise your entry into mm-hmm. your range. 
um, and more importantly, enter your range off their centre line so that you're not getting received on the mm-hmm. counter return. God, uh, it impressed me overall. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, do I think he's gonna, you know, make big noises? You know, approaching the top five, I don't think he will anymore. I just think no. There's so there's could too be a many fight for some guys though. Yeah, gate, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, I I do. You know, and you know, it sounds so crazy to to describe him as such thing, but you know, the talent has got so good. Um, mm-hmm. He is mid thirties now, and and I'm just trying to talk in realistic terms. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still relevant to be floating around that top fifteen area, but. I just think as soon as he starts breaking into the single figures, he's going to find it hard there. Mm. Yeah, mate. And the thing is, again, with the UFC, as is all their you know, their um, divisions, they're not short of talent. Um, but I think he could be a fun fight for some of the kind of younger guys coming in, you know, looking to climb climb the rankings. I think he's a good good fun fight for people to watch and for the UFC to put on um, but like I look the the, um, the welterweight division in the UFC is actually full of uh, quite experienced really experienced division mm-hmm. like you've got in that top 15 you've got obviously the champions Usman you've got Covington you've got Gilbert Burns Leon Edwards is there uh, Masvidal Stephen Thompson is obviously vastly experienced. Damian Meyer, Tyron Woodley, Chiesa, Rafael Dos Anjos, uh, Neil Magny, mm. Vincent Luque, Nate Diaz is there, Anthony Pettis, Robbie Lawler, and then you've got yeah. obviously Carlos Condit and some others. It's so that's uh, yeah, really and, experienced. Uh, yeah, I think that first list of ten that you put up, could you really see Carlos Condit beating these? Mm. I mean, everyone can have their night, but. Yeah, I think no, it's no. he's up against it with yeah, these guys. Sure, um, mm. I felt for Court McGee because um, I felt like this was going to be a really fun fight. And I think because he broke his nose so bad, he wasn't able to do what I think would have got him success in this fight. The way mm. he was going to win this was by getting right up in his face. Yeah, and, he's and a chipping pocket. grinder. Mm. And he wasn't able to maybe do what he would have. But, you know, you've got to adapt. Um he tried to adapt, was not successful. Uh, next up, then we had Dusko Todrovic versus mm. Daquan Townsend. Now you didn't catch this one, Danny, did you? I, because... I, no, I did. I saw the first round, and I just couldn't get the second round where the knockout happened. But no, I was uh, uh, utterly loving this match at the time. Mm. Um, yeah, really enjoying it. And then when I see that I couldn't get the second round out, I was really disappointed. But uh, Todorovic. Man, he looks really yeah. good. Uh, look, most of what he threw was landing. He did leave himself a little bit open himself. I some, sometimes think some of that youth got the better of him. That that high testosterone got him a bit too excited in there. Because um, mm. Townsend, he's no slouch on the feet. And look how calm he was. That's what impressed me about Townsend. Mm. Um, he was getting lumped up with some combinations, really pressured. And mm. uh, when they broke free out in the open, he went back to what he normally does. He's got a really sharp jab. He can um, really perform well with his striking out of, out of distance. He has quite a long reach. And he started looking relevant from the get-go. Um, and I think Todorovic knew that he had to keep pushing in close and make it a, a slugfest and smother game, which mm. he did so, so well. And he stopped Townsend being able to um, get back to his groove for any length of time to be effective. And he just kept crowding. Now, Bazoom in that second round, m- much of what happened in the first happened again in the second. But I think 
after receiving so many blows like he did in the first round, I think the accumulation of receiving that type of shot in the second would have told its tale eventually. And I presume that's what happened in the second. You guys have to fill me in on that one. Hmm. Um, what did you make of the second round, uh, Sam? Yeah, well, I, I pretty much agree with, with what Danny's just said there. I, I felt like it was it was the, the pressure, the pressure that was so effective. He stayed in his face the whole time. I mean, like you said, like there's at some stage you're going to get caught if you stay in the pocket for too long like that and just keep coming and coming and coming. There were probably moments when he could have backed off for a second, taken mm. a pause, changed the tempo a little bit, and then gone back to work with something a little different. And, you know, maybe finished it a little bit earlier. Yeah, 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 for sure. I yeah, was impressed. I, I enjoyed this fight. Just it was just a great fight to watch. Mm. Yeah, Sam, Sam made a good point there. You know, if he was a little bit more perhaps experienced and held back, he would have picked those explosivity moments more carefully, mm. and um, and may well have put this Townsend away in that first round. But he, he did keep his foot down just constantly, which is great viewing. But yeah. not always the smartest thing to do. And no. um, sometimes to get the job done quicker, it's to do it more steady and slow, if you know what I mean. But not actually slow, but just slower. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah Sam, Sam's absolutely right with that. Mm. Um, I'm going to show you a clip in a minute, boys, um, of Zabit, uh, Zabit's younger brother. Because um, I know you love the grappling, Dan. Uh, I want to show you something in a minute before we get on to Kyla Phillips, who I mentioned to you last week is one to watch this week. And uh, I think he he proved me correct. But uh, mm. just have a look at this from Zabit's brother. I'm not going to... Magmed Sharapipioff is his surname. But um, this is Zabit's brother. Uh, so I'm just going to fast forward it to the end. Very quickly. I'll take that off now. Danny, I know you enjoy a bit of uh, the old grappling. Yeah. So watch this finish. Talk us through it, Dan. Come on, you're the coach. Yeah, oh, shit. So, so mm -hmm. I was just enjoying this. So <laughs> you know. noticed uh, when he was transitioning over his back, switching sides, he, he was blocking the near side arm. So mm -hmm. you can't do your... You, you, you stretch your normally your leg back on the same side that they're on the side rear and throw your arm back. He was blocking that really well. And now he's stepping his leg in there. Single hook, double hook. Yeah, he's tying up these wrists. Uh, one thing I've noticed about these uh, Russian wrestlers and they do their grappling, they're so good at dealing with the wrists. Yeah. Uh, they they get an arm out so and one arm's never enough to defend a choke and they get yeah. one arm out of the one arm out of the commission so well so do you see yeah. as well how he finished that rear naked choke he had the hooks in so he could create a bridge effect um, mm. and it it makes it non impossible to defend a choke but yeah. you know some people are trying to do the rear naked choke with that body triangle so to me yeah, the yeah. body triangle is a position to go to when you want a little respite you can mm -hmm. get some percentage chance uh, time of the round in control. It doesn't mm -hmm. take much energy to pin them in, but it is mm -hmm. really hard to finish. And you can't get much striking effectiveness there as well because they sit up higher in their mm -hmm. body location. Their, their head's sort of like up here rather than down low. When you get mm -hmm. the hooks in, you can get their head around about this area here on the chest and you can really start pulling that, that head off, off the shoulders. Because a lot of people think that a choke is just squeezing the neck. Um, what you try and do is you try to um, you try to squeeze and, and 
and push almost like trying to get the toothpaste the last bit of toothpaste out of your toothpaste tube you've got to ch- you know choke them and pop pop that head off the shoulders mm. and that's where those those hooks come in so i've got nothing against body triangle like i say it's got its place strategically but the hooks did you see how much he made, uh, arched into him made him mm. arch back oh, it looked horrible yeah yeah, yeah i mean it's impressive that, that grappling does impress me i just feel like okay so in a no gi match against a top top tier grappler in a no gi match okay their style might not 100 percent suit but for their style for mma mm-hmm. it's 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 beautiful it's beautiful yeah. they really nullify the transitions and they put all the transition favor in 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 their direction because of how they tie up the wrists it's yeah. it's really nice yeah. Um I gotta say I thought that um I'm really looking forward to watch to watching Zabit again. I can't wait till we uh see him fight again. And just watching it, you know, his his brother people are already talking about his brother because Zabit has made such a impact so quickly at the end of the day. Um so it's only natural with that unique name that uh, his brother would get that victory like that. And uh, mm-hmm. I thought you might enjoy that little clip anyway, Dan. Yes, um, yes. I was so immersed, I forgot to talk. I know you got to talk, man. We've got the audio <laughs> audio listeners to uh, to think of as well. Um, so last week, Dan, I said to you when we were doing our predictions, as we do at the end of the show each week, uh, Kyler Phillips won to watch. Uh, he faced Cameron Else, and it lasted about forty four seconds of the second round. Lost by TKO strokes. Uh, strokes. 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 Sounds like something I might do. Yeah, it's, mm. it's been a, it's been a long couple of days, mate. So, uh, <laughs> Sam, we'll go to you first with this. What did you make of Kyler Phillips versus Cameron Else? Um, it, it was a good fight initially. I, I thought I thought Cameron looked pretty dangerous and pretty comfortable in there um, before Kyler just started to really express himself and get you know loose with his strikes and that. You could see him really working on that lead leg, and you know when he got the mount in the second round and just started raining down punches, it was it was kind of game over. Yeah, it was, he was yeah. he was bang up for it. Um, mm. Was Kyler Phillips? Um, what did uh, you make of it, Dan? What did you think yeah, of the man think, to watch for the week? Yeah, I mean, he, he, absolute standout. Uh, you could just see in the persona that he felt like he could win at any mm. given time. Um, it, it, even though I think Cameron else was actually making a good account of himself yeah. um, in there initially. Um, you know, he's been on a bit of a winning streak himself, hasn't he? So, uh, you know, he would have been in there feeling confident with himself as well. But he must have started having doubts after he got taken down in that first round because yeah, it started to see a clear level difference. Because I think in this striking, although... Um, Cameron Nelson was getting received on that leg kick a little bit. Mm. He stu- was still looking dangerous and really dangerous. relevant with his hands. Yeah, he mm. was sitting down, squatting down on his shots. He was mm. letting Kyler Phillips come in to make range and he was just sitting down low and throwing hard, willing to trade off in that pocket. And, you know, Phillips did the right thing, to be honest, mm. um, in taking it to the ground so that Cameron Nelson didn't have that puncher's mm. chance, so to speak. Because um, on the ground, there was a clear... Mm clear advantage in transition capabilities and Kyler Phillips was kind of all over him. Once you saw what happened in that first round, you knew that Kyler Phillips should be taken to the ground in the second and he did. Made short work of it there when when he got it there the second time around. So, yeah, well done, Mm -hmm. Kyler Phillips. He looked really, really good. But I don't think that's the end of Cameron Else. I think he had a rocky start to his career 
back along. Made a good count of himself in the recent fights that he had had, you know, putting together a nice little win streak. Okay, he's up against someone I think is going to be a future champion. So, mm. you know, perhaps wasn't expected to win this time around, but he's on the, the um, on the incline of his learning curve and we'll be seeing more of him in the future, I think. Yeah, yeah I think I it think was so. a last-minute fight for him as well. So he's, Yeah, he's that's even more impressive, really. Very late notice. Yeah. Can't fault that then. Can you mm. really, at the end of the day, it's like... Well, it's a last-minute fight. It's kind of like you're in a, a no-lose situation, so to speak, yeah. because there are no expectations, you know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought he was impressive. Wasn't my favourite fight of the night. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm. Um, one person who did impress me, however, and I've not read Danny. I think we've talked about this before. I'm not a massive fan of her. Jermaine, um, Jermaine. Durandamy faced mm. Juliana Penna uh, in a fun fight. I thought it was I a really good it. fight. Yeah. Uh, I thought Juliana Penna actually was quite impressive. Um, but the woman who's known for a striking did not win by striking. No. Um, Danny, you go first on this one, buddy. What? Uh, yeah, I mean, it? it doesn't surprise me. You're, you're seeing all the time, you know, um, you can see grappling specialists Mm-hmm. either get knocked out on the ground or you'll be outmaneuvered because at the end of the day, MMA grappling is slightly different. Mm-hmm. And um, and even with the striking, you know, striking is a little different. You can have someone that on paper is a lesser striker, but the fact that they can go in with confidence has got superior wrestling skills, they can go in not worrying about a takedown uh, and throw their combinations really confidently and clinch up to smother the return. This is something I mentioned about um, I think last week or the week before, that sometimes when you're giving away some speed advantage and reach and height advantage in combination, the way you get around that is you go in with your flurries and you clinch up um, and then you punch on the way out. So that way mm. you accumulate your shots on the way in and it's kind of like what Holly Holm actually did. And that way you're um, you're being proactive on those different ranges without that person with the longer reach, the nice footwork, being able to keep you on the edges and therefore them get ahead on the scorecard. And you can get a rhythm with that. You break free, you land your shots on the break, you wait, you pause, you stay out of range of that range of your person, you just play safe, build up your energy, boom, 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 you go over a big flurry again, enter in, smother the counter return because there ain't any because you've clinched up, break free, strike again and repeat because you're smaller, stockier, more explosive that, that will suit as a strategy um, against a Ranger striker. And you kind of saw that a little bit here with Penner, but I think you saw it more so in effect with Holly Holm. Although Holly Holm is a different um, kettle of fish, she's quite tall and rangy for a division, but she controlled the, the, the ranges and the diversity of that striking level which got her ahead, which I can't wait to talk about that fight, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Sam, what did you make of Jermaine, Jermaine Durandamy and uh, Penner? Yeah, um, it, it it was a great fight. Um, it didn't go how I expected, really. I, I thought um, she'd have the better on the feet, but you know, she ended up <laughs> finishing with that choke and that. And it it it's like like Danny said, MMA really is is an entire different martial art. It doesn't matter what you've done in kickboxing circles. Perhaps when you come in there, you get a stocky wrestler with a fantastic overhand right, and boom. You can go to sleep any second. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And she, um, like Jermaine, Jermaine Durandamy has proven 
after she's got knockout power. Mm. Um, and that's why it was quite interesting <coughs> to see the finish of this fight because um, Jermaine is so well known for her striking. And she, she, you know, the finish is beautiful, let's be honest. Mm. Um, I was really, I was, I gotta say, I was impressed by the finish. Um, Danny, what did you think of the, the finish specifically in the guillotine? Because I thought she was under a bit of pressure at that point. Yeah, she was. She was. Um, and I said, she, do you think, she, oh, sorry, mate. Do you think she was losing the fight at that point? Yes. I, I, yeah, I do. Mm. Look, overall, this is how I saw I wasn't over impressed with Randomine, to be honest. No, no, no. no. Um, you know, she couldn't get a striking together. Anymore. But let's, let's not take it away for Juliana Penner. I think she had come with a really good strategy, a really good plan. She was she was going in with the strikes in flurries. She was clinching up. She did really really well in the, the wrestling to be able to take Randomly down because uh, you know she was getting that double body lock. She'd getting around those long legs and she knows her hips are naturally lower than Randomly's. So to get double underhooks, move around to that side rear position, stepping behind one of those legs, is, is the the most efficient way to take take someone like that down. And she was doing great. She was doing everything right. But when someone's got long limbs, long thin arms like that. They work under your neck. Um, mm. We saw in one of the other rounds, wasn't it? Uh, what's the name of that choke? Um, she, she started doing the countering with the shoulder pressure. They started looking up. So she clearly see that she's becoming educated on the ground. Mm. Um, and it just fell in place for a little bit. And, um, yeah, she, she she got the finish. And, okay, yes, it was on the ground. She's known as a striking. She's training MMA. She's going to learn her skills all around. And she pulled it off this time around. But... Um, it would be a mistake for her not to look at that fight and be like, hey, I've got to change some things. Some mm -hmm. things have obviously improved because I proved that. But there was other things where she would normally be strong mm -hmm. and it was looking weak. So that goes to show that you know people are finding a way around her previous strengths and mm -hmm. uh, she's got to try and get those back activated along with those more improvement skills that she's had on the ground. Mm. Yeah, I think so. She's. Um, I thought Gianna Penna won. So I had the first round. I was like, oh, just about maybe to Durandamy. Then I gave Penna the second. And then mm. I thought Penna was winning the third round right until the end. Mm. Yeah. So in many ways, Jermaine had to pull out something. But I, I, I felt that if she was going to pull out something, it was not going to be a choke. It was more likely to be a knockout just by her reputation. Mm. So I found that quite interesting anyway. Um, yeah. Next up, we had uh, my favourite fight of the night. I just thought this was just... From an entertainment point of view, not a technical point of view, this was my favourite fight of the night. I just found it very entertaining to watch. Um, obviously, the main event I felt technically Holly Holmes' performance was superb, but just uh, Jorgen de Castro versus Carlos Felipe uh, was mm. fun to watch. They didn't seem to have be too fond of each other. Um, what did you make of this one, Sam? Um, I, I caught a little bit of it. Um, I like the combinations they were throwing, but I don't see them giving anybody really in, in the top 10 and the top 5 a massive issue they're yeah. very static they're not what I consider a real heavyweight <laughs> if you look at the shape of both chaps yeah. um, and they're going to have problems when they come up against somebody who's not going to just stand in the pocket and trade ok hmm. it's um, yeah look Carlos Felipe I enjoy watching 
Mm. Um, not because he's the next Ngannou, not mm. because he's technically beautiful. Um, there's just something about him. He's just a character. He mm. just seems to bring something out of people and me when I'm watching him. Mm. I don't quite know what it is, but I enjoy watching him. What did you think of this one, Dan? I really enjoyed it. Um, it, it. It's nice seeing these two potatoes go at it. And, um, <laughs> you, know, you know what? Though? Look, they don't look like typical mm. fighters. They're not muscled. They're not ripped. They're not shredded. Uh, mm. They're both short for the division, um, being to, I think they're six foot flat each. Um, mm. But you know, being, being slight, oh, can I say you have to be politically clear, exposed? But being fat <laughs> don't mean you ain't fit. You know, they're, yeah. they're a bit soft around yeah. the waistline. But boy, they're both quite explosive. Castro is mm. a little slower on the punching. Uh, Castro is a little slower on the punching mm. compared to Felipe. Felipe's combinations were really impressing me. So mm. fluent, so fluent. Um, but I just think stylistically, it made them both look really good. I think yeah. they both had their moments. I do think Felipe slightly outpointed Castro in terms of effective strikes. Although mm -hmm. I think at the end of the scorecard, Castro may have landed slightly more on the total strikes but a lot more of his strikes were done clinching up trying to smother because he was beginning to gas in that third round mm. but mm. Philippe was landing the more consequential strikes strikes over all the more visual mm. I think the decision went the right way um, yeah so I understand what Sam's saying about you know what about people other people in the division they're going to give, be giving away quite a lot of height and quite a lot of reach mm. um, and for some of them some of those other heavyweights, they've got some footwork about them. Are they going to be able to yeah. close in to be effective against those guys? Um, yeah, I mean, that, that remains to be seen. But mm. for, for people who are soft-bodied like that, they, mm. they appear to have pretty good cardio. So could no, they push the fight. pace? Yeah, could they push the pace on someone that's 6'4", 6'5", can they get in the pocket on them, press mm. the pace on them? I think they could. Um, I'm not going to be writing any of these off on making impacts um, approaching into that top five, I think they're I think they're going to be good to watch for the future. Yes, I think so, mate. Um, fun fight to watch, and I loved that mm. um, Felipe got a bit fed up of uh, De Castro kind of <laughs> just pushing against the cage, and yeah. he was moaning and he was screaming <laughs> like he was very like. Um, what's the word? Not vocal, but like, I don't know. Expressionative. Yeah, mm. my brain is fried. <laughs> but look, but you know, know what I, I'm trying to say. At the end of the day, though, you know, really, Philippe should have been footworking off. It was it was quite apparent and very, very obvious that Castro was trying to clinch up because he was feeling the pace. Mm. Um, he could have turned off at any point, but the reason he couldn't was because he tried to finish Castro in that third round. I think it was the mm. third round, wasn't it? Where he comes flying out with a really long sequence combination where Castro was, was covering up. And I think he just got himself a little bit gassed too and just didn't have the energy to footwork away um, mm. and the energy to, to come off the fence because Castro weren't doing anything highly technical to hold him there. Um, and indeed, Filippo uh, was not really doing anything technical to, to get off. I think he was uh, tired and he just wanted to have the flow of the inboxing, but he wasn't mm. being allowed to do so. Um, so, yeah, as much as he's been expressionative, um, you know, Castro was trying to win the fight and he found a way to stop those punches coming in and he was able to get the punches off himself in that clinch. Now, the referee was not kind to Castro and kept splitting him up, but um, I don't actually think that was a wrong thing because it made such good viewing. Um, mm. I just really enjoyed the fight, and I'm a big fan of both their styles. 
Um, I really like it. I like it because they, they're not your typical athletic, you know, war machines. They, they, mm. they look different from... It's a little bit like, um, you know, uh, Nelson. Mm, you know, yeah. he never, he never yeah. looked the Mark typical Hunt. fighter. But yeah, Mark Hunt, yeah, another yeah. one. You know, the, these, these guys, they, they bring a different dynamic to that mm. division. And I'm all for that. Spot on, mate. I know you're itching to talk about it. So uh, let's talk about Holly Holm because last week you haven't told we missed me, one? Uh, haven't we missed the Kenny one? Because she got Casey Kenny. Uh, oh, that was on Casey Kenny. Oh, the pre-show that was meant. Oh, was it? it? Was the, oh, the oh, we've got to talk about. That. Did you see it? Go on, then, mate. I haven't seen it, but you tell no, me. About did you one. see it, <laughs> guys? No, no. You've got to watch it. That yeah? Casey Kenny is something special. Something yeah. special. Uh, he, he's got top top level wrestling. And him, he's learnt to strike, and boy, has he learnt to strike. He never right. went to his wrestling once, and um, he body kicked the guy, head kicked the guy, leg kicked the guy throughout all the rounds. Um, it was total brutality. The guy's yeah. side of his body was was, was bludgeoned, absolutely bludgeoned. <laughs> his arm was swollen, uh, but fair play to uh, Alatang, tough as they come. Mm. How he. He did well. He was wincing. He was curling up on the body shots every time. Um, mm. There was, um, oh yeah, it's just one to watch. It really is, and the cardio of that Casey Kenny. It was like he was doing a heavy bag session on this guy, uh, but the power <laughs> did not subside throughout the whole match. But Alatang just did not look like he was ever going to quit either. So mm. on both fronts, really impressive. One for his durability. Um, one for his cardio and, and, and brutality. He's mm. going to be something. And this guy, I think, is going to be future champion. Okay. To check him out. So uh, that'll be interesting. I've got to bring that one up. Uh, yeah, so it was Isla Tange versus Casey Kenny on the pre show. Pre love, pre love. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Uh, which Casey Kenny won 30 25, 30 26, 30 27. Jesus, that's one side. Yeah. 10, eight, it is. 10 8, 10 8, three rounds, yeah. 10 8. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the guy, uh, Alateng, not to take it away from him, he was there and relevant throughout all three rounds. And when I say relevant, he was still trying to trade back to create his own opportunities. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's how tough the guy Didn't is because he must have been in pain. You could see each and every one of his ribs down the right-hand side of his body where, where the blood had filled up in between them. It, it was yeah. quite something. No, mad. That's amazing. Mm. Um, I'll mm. definitely check that out. Um Okay, so the main event, Holly Holm versus, uh, who was it? Oh, my mind, mate, is... Uh, I, like that. I just uh, even say her name. <laughs> Irene Aldana. Um, so last week, Dan, you were telling me on the podcast how uh, Holly Holm hasn't impressed you recently and she's done. She's too old. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, you know, she's 38 years old. Um, I knew this one was going to be over five rounds. And Irene, you know, she's she's impressed me. She's got that striker style that could, for me, for my money anyway, match Holly Holm. Um, and I haven't been impressed with Holly Holm's overall strategy and footwork. And um, but my goodness, she performed absolutely out of her skin. Um, you know, I said as well that you know she sometimes clinches up but doesn't have the ability to get it to the ground. And I find as a striker, she seems to be clinching up an awful lot, but just sort of holding them there. But it seems now she's been doing that for a while in her training and now clearly getting the successes because even her takedowns were impressive. Um, her footwork still looks a little bit, you know, it, it just looks a little bit awkward on her feet for a striker. 
But my goodness, what a great strategy. She had um, a lead sidekick, which was the distancing tool that she used uh, to get ahead on points and to stop uh, Irene coming into her. And then she was going on her flurries to push close. And then, you know, this, this smothering technique that I'm talking about. So when she covered that mid-range with her hands, they were mm -hmm. done in charging forward flurries into the body clinch and getting successes, taking her to the ground as well. Really giving Ari no chance to play counter in any scenario. She, she really was worked over in the true sense of uh, MMAS. Holly Holmes now proven herself to be fully rounded as late in her career as it's coming. She's looking better than she's ever, ever looked. It was really so impressive. Um, I just thought that she might have two good rounds, but she's normally not always leading by much in her first two, two, two rounds of any fights that I've seen. She always sometimes just does enough. Um, yeah. And then would begin to fade in the third, fourth and fifth round. I thought Irene would take over. Um, being you know, taken into account her age, but a strategy was that well played out that she controlled the range, therefore she could control the pace, and it became like a training session for her. And she actually was upping the output as the rounds rolled by, where her confidence was growing, and, and she could just start opening up more and more and more on Irene. Her, her flurries become more broad, her takedowns become more efficient and more easy. And the sidekick started landing, so much so that she started doing the sidekick up at the face and was getting success with it there as well. It was, it was just, it was um, beautiful. I mean, I, uh, I'm kind of embarrassed to have doubted Holly Holm now. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, you know, I gave an honest opinion and I always yeah, give a reason. Yeah, well, we you give know, honest opinions. You know, mm. I try to take logic into the approach. And my, my logic of thinking is you don't see Holly Holm succeed with a takedown very often. And then mm. suddenly she's taking her down <laughs> often. Um, and you don't see her work rate really high up there. And now we see her work rate was high up there. And I thought age would take its, you know, take its toll on her over those five rounds. And it just didn't. She just got stronger throughout each round. So logically, she went against all my logic. And um, <laughs> yeah, what can I say? You know, I was wrong. Um, it seems I'm often wrong with these predictions. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm not afraid to be wrong. It's, it's the nature of the sport. That's why MMA is so interesting because mm, you true. can have an underdog and an underdog can so often be the one that comes through and wins. And mm -hmm. look, you're getting grapplers choked out by the strikers. You're getting strikers knocked out by the grapplers. It's um, a hard sport to predict. It really is. Oh, of course. Mm. Um, That's my excuse anyway. <laughs> what did you make of the main event, Sam? I don't think I've got anything to add to that. Danny's. Oh, sorry, Danny I really spoke it up. <laughs> He's been excited about that all day. You could tell. <laughs> it it was impressive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything he said is correct. She she looked better than I've ever seen her before. Um, flawless, almost. <laughs> they never are, but it was so well put together. You say that's a complete MMA performance for her. That's putting mm -hmm. all to get together everything. You've seen in the past that you might say, oh, she needs to work on this or she could do that mm. better. She just made yeah, yeah. it just to flow. And, and you must have loved her takedowns because these are takedowns <laughs> I've seen <laughs> you get on numerous people. Yeah, I've had yeah. Sam come down to train at our gym numerous times and mm. yeah, we've got history together. I actually yeah. was training with these boys at Leighton Buzzard at the gym they started out with yeah. back when they very, very start, first started out. So we've got it. a bit of nice history together. Um, <laughs> and top... Tommy's younger brother. He's younger yeah, younger, brother, Tommy. Younger. Yeah, he, he trains with us fairly regular now. And um, mm. he scores this takedown where you get double under, step mm. to the outside of that leg and, and 
bowl and back and mm. Holly Holmes was doing it pretty textbook pretty damn mm-hmm. textbook Holly Holmes looks strong didn't she she's pretty muscled around those shoulders yeah. you know when she gets hold of you she's going to feel tight but now she's not just physically tight she's technically tight too yeah it's I like the way she flows from the striking straight into it that's that's yeah. how I've always found if I don't go looking for it it will come to me naturally yeah through she's my got striking, an instinct and then you're on it and, yeah, and she has an instinct for it, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, um, Yeah, it wasn't even just the pure instinct. She just knew how to get that body clean. She was rushing mm. forward with those flurries of punches, getting the range close enough so it did seem seamless. Yes. You know, she she, she wasn't throwing and missing um, mm. and, and just coming one step forward. She was running forward mm. and literally just catching Irene out. Um, yeah. Yeah, and those sidekicks as well. I mean, let's not overlook <laughs> those. I know the strategy overall, but the sidekicks body then to the face. She mm. started really stepping so it up. Quick as well, didn't they? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's the well, yeah. yeah, the you know, it's um the girls more than the guys use the sidekick a whole lot more. I don't know if it's to do with you know the, the, the mobility, body types maybe. Are different. Yeah, dexterity. Yeah, but they they get a lot of success with the lead sidekick. You know, they yes. really do. I, yeah, even I've, I've practiced it a, a lot myself, and I just don't find it as comfortable yeah. as a setup. I, mm. I, I'm much easier with a teep, but with yeah. with the female fighters, they kind of just can can switch between both seamlessly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's too much of a tell if I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I got to say, I thought this was about as complete a performance as I've seen mm. from any fighter. Um, so here's a question for you guys. Do you think um, a young fighter could put together such a complete performance? Or do you think that, she, like, in part, it's because she is so experienced at MMA and kickboxing and the like that she's able to put together something so complete? Dan? Um, I'm going to say yes, I can. Um, I just think Holly Holmes has just been around a martial arts so, so long um, that, okay, she's gone into MMA sort of like relatively late into her career because, you know, female fighting in regards to MMA and UFC is still a recent affair in the big scheme. Um, but these young fighters have got all these experienced fighters to 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 put all that strategy and, and, and technique and, and ideas into their game from such an early stage now that yeah they mm-hmm. of course they can perform you know can being young make you overwork in certain areas and, and and it can all get undone by getting caught in the pocket like we spoke about before yes it can but these young these young talents they, they're well capable of putting it all together mm. um yeah i have no doubt mm. But you think that it, her experience is obviously... I, I think we, in ca- know, the case of Holly Holm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But Holly Holm is clearly trying to become well-rounded. She was always mm. just a striker. She was evading yeah. the wrestling. Then over the last sort of like five fights that she's had previous to this, we've noticed that she started to use her striking to get the clinch. It was mm. never really looking like she could put, get it to the ground. She didn't seem to have the know-how. Um, mm. But nevertheless, still pull off some wins but by um, you know introducing this clinch game to uh, her style but now we're seeing her use the striking that she's known for 
the, the clinch that she's become known for because it's something that we'd seen in recent fights and now become effective there in terms of getting it to the ground and even her groundwork looked pretty damn solid she knew what mm -hmm. she was doing there she she's truly becoming complete in her latter years and fair play to her. i think she could get herself right up to uh, title contention again it's gonna, gonna fact, be my I'm, next question for both of you actually is do you see her getting another title shot yeah yeah, you, on, uh, off the back of that, hundred percent. Yeah, be interesting. And most be of her fights, isn't it half her fights or most of her fights? That they were saying on um, in the commentary that they've been five rounders. Okay, she's knocked people out in those five rounds, but she's had predominantly most of her matches have been seven uh, seven rounders, five rounders. Yeah, which so is quite, so it goes to show you what caliber she's been competing at constantly. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Be uh, very interesting to see uh, what she goes next. Um, what did you think of her opponent? Do you think her opponent was just outclassed and there was nothing she could have done, or do you think, you know, she showed anything, or do you just think? I think she just put it to what together so well. You know, mm. it, she she flowed so seamlessly between the transitions. She didn't give her opponent a chance to to, to land with any other counts. Yes. You know, to be away from those, those exchanges where she thinks, okay, now she's going to pause and go for the takedown. She's already been taken down, you know, <laughs> and then yeah. she's straight into the transitions on the ground. You know, it was it was happening, perhaps not in the same way that she's watched her perform before. Yeah, right. that's what I was going to suggest. I think that she just did not expect no. Holly Holm to choose to take it to the ground as well. Yes. Um, uh, you know, so many times Holly Holm's striking could look so close because she, she sort of does a little bit of a combination, then mm. disengages, her opponent does a combination, tries to look for the shoot, then the disengage. So all the rounds can sometimes look quite close, but the fact that she was going in with the flow is then clinching up and then getting success on the ground and then back up to the feet, doing these mm. big flurries again. I just don't think Irene expected the uh, increment of improvements throughout the ranges. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, which 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 your favourite fight out of all the fights we watched this weekend, including the Bellator ones from the week? Uh, what was your favourite fight so that we uh, kind of watched, uh, Sam? Uh, Crosby Leary, yeah, one round, five Band, minutes chaos. Band, yeah, it's wonderful, wonderful. You'll love it. You both got to check it out. <laughs> yeah, definitely gonna have a look at that one. Yeah. Um, what yeah. about you, Dan? Um, the, the one I was just really enjoying, just for the the pure fun of watching what was happening was um, Castro versus Filippo. I, I really enjoyed that standing war. Yeah, lots of work rate. They're both trying to knock each other out. Although that didn't happen, you knew they was intent to. Mm -hmm. I, I like the skill of the boxing of Filippo. He was going to the body as well as the head, looking at the mm -hmm. knees as well in the clinch, being really diverse. I think they showed some really nice uh, MMA striking format. And I think it's displayed really, really well on, on both parts. And for me, I really appreciated it. Good shout, mate. Good shout. I uh, yeah, I liked the Philippe one. Um, I enjoyed Lewis Long's performance. Obviously, mm. as a friend of the show and stuff, mm. um, I keep an eye on the guys who've been on, and I was really happy for him to come in and perform at such a high level. Um, but ultimately, Philippe, the Philippe fight was the one I kind of really, really enjoyed watching. Mm. Um, okay, to finish us off then, we're going to give our predictions for a couple of the fights next week. Um, so we're going to concentrate on the ones where they're kind of the fighters that we're most 
familiar with or the most well-known fighters we're not going to go through every fight um so next sunday dan you're not here next uh next week are you danny is it next no, week or the week but, after but um yeah i'm away from well um i'll get tested again and then spend two days at heathrow from wednesday yeah. from this week mm. then uh, so yeah i will be away but I still might be able to do it, it, you know. Yeah, I'm going to try and do it because I'll be in quarantine for another yeah. two days when I go out there. Mm. So I think the flight out there is on the Friday. We get okay. tested and I think I'll be in quarantine until Sunday anyway. Okay. So, yeah, what I've got to do, I've, I've arranged for us to have someone join us, a guest is joining us. But what that means is hopefully, you know, you'll have the Wi-Fi strength to to join yeah, us. Yeah, the Wi-Fi is normally we'll quite have good. As, uh, mm. We'll have someone with us as well just in case um okay so let's have a look let's have a look at the predictions for next week uh so there's only a few fights been announced so far um but one fight i'm looking forward to i don't expect you to give a prediction but you can if you want sergey sergey spivak spivak uh, in a heavyweight bout versus tom aspinall uh, i enjoy mm. watching sergey's fights uh, Spivak is always enjoyable to watch, so um, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, do we think he's going to win, Dan? Yeah, yeah, I think why so. Do you have yeah, any, why not? Any uh, anything to add to that prediction, Sam? Do you think not, Sir not Spivak will win? <laughs> yeah. uh, um, no, I, I think he will take the victory there, though. I think yeah, Tom's so. coming in on on late notice as well, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we've got uh, on the main card. The main event is Marlon Moraes versus mm. Corey Sandhagen, ranked one versus mm. four in that yeah. division that we talked about. It's a hard one to predict that one. Mm. It is very difficult because Sandhagen's been impressive. Uh, he has, it. yeah. And he's quite. He's pretty tall as well. He's he's got considerable height advantage, hasn't he? Mm. Yes. I'm but Marais has got those meaty leg kicks, and uh, but I don't, uh, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes I doubt his uh, gas tank. Sometimes, oh, yeah. Um, he lands early. I think, yeah, I think he can. Think he can take him out. Is this, is this over three rounds? And it's the main event, so it should be five. So it should be five. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go uh, Sandhagen. Good shout. What about you, Sam? Uh, I think Marais will catch him in the first round. Mm. Head kick. <laughs> Could happen. Bang, bang, That's bang. A, he's so explosive. I've seen him but do he's got, it so many times. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got to do it for me. For my money, yeah. he's got to put San Hagen away in the first two rounds. Yeah, but I think yeah. after that, he fades. Yes. No, I, 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 I agree entirely. I could see him landing that kick, though, early. Yeah. Okay. I like it like it uh, and then the other one is Ben Rothwell who looked exceptionally <laughs> impressive yes. uh, impressive in his last fight uh, he's always entertaining yes um, he is fighting Marcin Tibera Tibura uh, yeah. I'm not familiar with Tibura so um, it's difficult to give a definite prediction but I'm expecting a Ben Rothwell win um, Danny yeah, yeah. I, 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 again, he's not the type who looks a typical fighter, does he? But he's, mm. his style is quite awkward to deal with. Yeah. And um, he, he's got the job done on 38 other occasions. So very um, I'm going to go. Yeah, very experienced. And I think 
he's another one that um, yeah, that seems to have looked better with age, sort of thing. He's uh, seasoned into his own style somewhat, but mm. that style is hard to fathom out for many. And um, mm. I think he's going to have that experience edge over Martin. So I'm going to go Ben Roswell as well. Yeah, cool. I agree. Um, yes, so uh, that kind of wraps us up for the for the week. Um, next week we have a guest, and I forget which order I've done them in because I've booked guests for the next two weeks, so I don't <laughs> want to say the wrong one and upset them. Um, but uh, yeah, Dan, you got anything planned this week? Just getting ready to go to Fight Island again, I assume. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah, we're just capping off training uh, training bits with Modestus, obviously. We try to train right up until our flight flight's over. Mm. I mean, so on that Wednesday, when we go to the airport, what I'll do is I'll go to his house early. We'll go to his gym that he's got out in his backyard. Um, we'll do a little bit of little bit of training, keeps that weight off, keeps him feeling sharp. Um, yeah, then we'll, we'll do the quarantine, talk about strategies more, put things mm. in place, study more, watch it yeah. together more. Yeah. Good stuff. Look it's going to be, gonna, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll do an, another walk around my hotel room. But maybe this time <laughs> without the dressing gown on at all. <laughs> Excellent. Make sure you're not on camera, please. Um, <laughs> but also uh, joining us is fresh off his dominant, impressive win at Cage Warriors. Um, with a lot of people calling for him to take a shot at uh, the title on the Saturday was that impressive. Is Aaron Khalid joining us next week? Uh, so I'm really looking forward to having Aaron on the show again, uh, so he can tell us about his impressive victory, mate. Mm. Yeah, I look forward to that. Uh, indeed, Sam. Thank you for joining us, mate. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate That's your time. Nice. I apologise. My voice has been you know, up mm. and down like a teenager with his voice breaking, but. Uh, you know, we soldier on, Dan, don't we? We, we fight do. Through it, fight we through. do. Yeah, um, we're crafters. <laughs> also, for everyone, visit awaydayapparel.co.uk. You can use the code AA Podcast Nation to get 10% off all orders. Uh, they got some cracking, cracking t shirts and clothes coming, some uh, good stuff. I know they've got, they're also looking for people to do a photo shoot at the moment. Um, if you're situated local to the Cardiff area then get in touch with them but uh, we thank them for obviously supporting the show as ever providing us with t-shirts Danny providing us yes. with clothes yes mm -hmm. they clothe us we need someone to feed us now if anyone wants to sponsor the show for, <laughs> from a food point of view but uh, yeah we are we are uh, re-looking at sponsors for our various shows so uh, if you are interested in sponsoring the Danny Batten Fight Show then uh, get in touch with us. Uh, you can find the show social media at Danny Batten FS on Instagram and Twitter, or you can follow Ace Podcast Nation everywhere, which is where the shows are all based and owned by. But yeah, meantime, I, I, I am in talks with a company, Durex. So we'll see whether that pulls off. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> just don't know what to do with you sometimes. <laughs> no, I'm mm. joking. But I had to sponsor from T-Rex. It's a bit late now. i got like f f three kids now. It's too late. 
<laughs> I got three kids and I've had the snip, so I was... <laughs> <laughs> don't think I'll be the best best advert for them. <laughs> you know, I'll, know I'll, I'll sell their products, but <laughs> I'll be good at it. I've had every STI going, so I shot perhaps... <laughs> Did you take pitch Did you take pictures along the way so you could say this is what will happen if you don't use this? I'll send them over to your site. No, you're right. <laughs> you, you can keep them. If you can get Durex to sponsor us, mate. <laughs> Cracking. But, um, no, I've got um, a couple of CBD oil um, products companies who are interested in sponsoring the show. I'm just trying to work out the logistics of whatnot. But uh, obviously, we're always open to people. If they want to get involved and partner up with us. We, uh, we get a nice lot of, uh, you know, we get... A, Good, good, uh, good figures for the viewers and the listeners now. So, obviously the the channel overall as well. It's going well, yeah. it's growing, and that's yeah, what we good want. Stuff. But uh, always looking for sponsors, mate. Always, mm. always looking for mm. sponsors. That'd be a good call. And Sam Creasy, get get the title get and go to UFC where we are. No, I yeah. wanted to go. You should have been. This kid should have been in UFC years ago. It bloody frustrates the. <laughs> the crap out of me that he hasn't made it yet yeah, uh, come and get way. some uh, some sessions in just a, no, a few pointers and that and i think you're the one that should have been that just hasn't been and it, it absolutely does matter i would love to see you uh, go all the way and see what you mm. can do on the highest order uh, on something like the ufc you mm. you can be there you should be there and um, you just need a couple of like refining uh, parts of your game you've got the mentality you've got mm. the natural skill ability you got the cardio, you, your tributes to cut weight in the right way, and mm. um, all you just need is a slight little tweak to your game, and mm. you're there all day. I, uh, yeah, you're, you're so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Yeah. I appreciate it, mate. I always do. Yeah. I always do. You know, I yeah. learn from you every time I fucking speak to you. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not always good I will be over you learn. <laughs> He learns everything. I've improved his love life a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, that's it. I think that's a good way to finish this up. Sam, thank you for joining us, mate. I really appreciate it. No, well uh, done, Sam. Thank you. Danny. Good stuff. And um, yes. we'll be back next Wednesday for another show with uh, Aaron Khalid joining us to talk the UFC, the week's news, and more, as well as preview uh, Modestus's fight, mm. which is going to be good. Although, yes. what day? What day is the is Modesto's fighting on the Saturday? Seventeenth. Is it on the Wednesday? Seventeenth. Uh, uh, that's the Saturday, that, isn't it? That yeah, is the Saturday. Because I, I was thinking, oh, if he fights in the on the Wednesday again, this will be the last show which goes out before he fights. So we need right. to preview preview it now, but we don't mm. because nope. it's, it's the Saturday. Good stuff. Yeah. We'll preview that next week as well. Then, uh, in the meantime, be good. Podcast Network. 
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.